Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hey, Darren Clarkson podcast. You can stop your clapping. You can stop your clapping. Thank you very much, everyone. I'm not going to bother with the intro because you guys know it. And if you don't know it, listen to some early episodes. There's an intro in there. If you've been listening to this podcast recently, then you'll know there's been quite a few on mental health matters, mental health wellness. Uh, and I was lucky enough to be a guest on British Canoeing's podcast a couple of days ago about mental health and mental wellness. And I did a talk uh, at Black Dog Outdoors, which is a charity for uh, mental health awareness and the outdoors. And I talked about that as well. I'm not talking about that now. Yeah, I'm not talking about mental health at all. What I'm going to talk about is a kayaking expedition. Right. When I was in the Scouts, we had these kayaks that were stored in the sort of side room at the Methodist Chapel. Third Batley Scouts. They had orange bottoms and blue tops. Fiberglass boats. Long, thin, unstable, fragile. They'd been made by hand by scouts and scout leaders. Many years before I was a scout. Many years before I was a cub, in fact. They had solid fiberglass seats. Centre pillar foam was polystyrene with milk bottle bonsiers, no airbags, small cockpits, toggle end grabs. And a foot bar that was just ridiculously unsafe, like a piece of copper piping almost, or aluminium, or steel, or whatever it was, that was bolted on one side of the internal part of the boat, and then sort of pivoted off that bolt uh, and jammed. So if you did peter into a rock, you either had your ankles go underneath it, your toes go over it, or you snap the side of your boat off. I think my first paddle strokes were in one of these fiberglass monstrosities with a wooden paddle with a, I think it was copper or brass, maybe brass, like joining the middle and metal tips on the end of the wooden paddle. Otter spark, I believe. It could be a G's. Boats have advanced a lot since then. But it wasn't long in, this, in scouting before I moved from the sort of early stumblings in fiberglassness with fiberglass rash inside back into plastic and maybe a Europa or a Piranha 3 style maybe, Master perhaps. I mean, I've spoken before about the first boat I owned being a dancer. But it's all a bit blurry. I mean, I remember playing in Batmark 5s, Batmark 4s and all that sort of stuff. Maybe Snipes and Comanches. But I'm rattling on a bit, because over the last few days, I've been lucky enough to get hold of a really unique fiberglass composite boat. And it was handmade by a family who introduced their children to kayaking. And this boat, like I say, handmade with love and care and dedication by the family before the boat was passed through siblings, adults getting them into water sports, into kayaking. So I was be, I've been gifted this boat. I put some, rather than pay for it, I put some money money into a cancer charity for it. 
and I, and I was gifted a set of wooden paddles with it and they're off the sports with the join very similar to what I had in my first paddle strokes as a scout and for that I'm eternally grateful but why is that important? well it's important because I did an expedition and it was an expedition when I was a scout and we paddled down the canal and I may have mentioned this before but we paddled down the canal and we did an overnight camp and then paddled again and took out at the five rise locks the following day. We carried all our food, some emergency clothes in our, in our kayaks, nylon spray decks, walking cagoules, ribbed buoyancy aids. We made it from one life jackets. I can't quite remember. I remember being young and not quite appreciating how long a day's paddle really is. And that if you see a launch your boat in after you've done a lock, that you sort of sit in a pool of water for some considerable hours before you have to get out and empty it again. Didn't appreciate that the more you paddle with those rounded shafts, maybe we had the after spot paddles with the orange shaft and black blades. And you paddle and you get that blister on the inside of your hand as you rotate the shaft. There's a 90 degree offset back then. The blades must have been like 210, I guess, maybe 215. Maybe ace helmets, yellow ace helmets, I, may, I imagine. But as a youth, you don't appreciate those little things that niggle. And we paddle on the first half hour, hour maybe, is all fun and merriment. And then slowly but surely, fatigue sets in and you're no longer paddling. However unsmooth, we paddled, you know, ricocheting from left to right and right to left on the canal. But when fatigue sets in, I remember dropping my paddle lower and clipping my thumbs on the edge of the cockpit then as we paddled on with my scouts, scout leader, my cousin. She joined us and her boat was like a purple fiberglass. I remember it. And this boat that I've been gifted is purple fiberglass. So it was about the same generation. I don't know what the model of the boat is. But I remember paddling along the flat and finding how to telling jokes. Probably age appropriate jokes and scouts. Every so often a cheeky joke and you'd get frowned at by the scout leader. Paddling more and more fatigued. A BDH container full of sandwiches and pop and crisps. That rattled around in the back of the boat. Having to get out at locks and get back in again. The ache in your back as you have to reach up onto the canal towpath and slide out can be quite challenging. Remember, well, I remember getting into the campsite at night with a tent and the Trangia stove and boiling the bag rice, some sort of ragu concoction, I imagine. And in the morning, having cereals and tea before setting off again. Blistered thumbs aching legs, aching backs, and getting to front of five drive locks to be collected by family and 
going home and maybe sleeping for the afternoon. I can't remember the campsite we stayed at. I remember there was a rope swing. And there was a, obviously a scout, I say obviously it was a scout campsite. So I remember there being a fire circle. I remember sitting, telling stories, long into the night. Oh, what seemed like long into the night, but it was probably only 10 o'clock. But why is that important? Well, I mean, it's important that it sort of grounded me a little in what I spent a vast amount of my adulthood doing, going on expeditions and suffering a little. But today I went out on the air, on the river air. People say, ooh, the dirty air. But today I went out in this fiberglass boat that I'd been gifted. And if that boat could talk, like I'd say, it'd tell of laughs and smiles and childhood fun. It'd tell of nervous first paddle strokes, I'm sure. Or capsized drills on purpose or by accident on purpose or by accident but today when I got in that boat my legs really straight because all the boats for those that have never used when you sit with your legs much lower in the boat and you're much straighter in the boat pushed against that footrest bar no backrest to speak of no ratchets and I set off another paddle on the air was peaceful and quiet in one of the villages just outside Castleford. You could watch the birds fly, sparrow hawks zooming and racing. Just downstream there was a fishing competition on with fishermen sat at designated pegs waiting for their catch of the day. And I paddled on, round bend after bend, paddling upstream, but there was no flow really. So it was okay. And in a boat that is as long as this, paddling upstream was relatively easy. No rocker on the boat to speak of, and certainly no flat hull or, you know, rail, ghost rail, you know, faded rocker, whatever we, you know, with terms we want to put into modern boats, there was none of that. This is long and thin and pointy. And on each paddle stroke I made, it took me back to my first paddle strokes, which is fine. And it took me not just to my first paddle strokes, but to my friend's first paddle strokes. That involuntary spin to the left because you've not quite got your your sort of pressure on your blades properly and you're putting more power in on the right so you spin to the left are you not holding the blades on holding the paddle equally on the shaft so you're putting more power in that backstroke that you have to make and you really shouldn't slow yourself down and straighten yourself off that wobble the wibble wobble when you first get in and that's lovely, you know. It's lovely to remember those things. It's all too easy as you get confident in sports and in disciplines to ignore those 
first tentative times. I think we're quite traumatic. I remember one early on in scouting, doing my one star, and the capsized drill in a cold Battersea canal next to a floating dead hedgehog. I mean, most people would be concerned about capsizing in a cold Batterford canal next to a dead hedgehog and no doubt a £10 black rib nobbler. But I must have enjoyed it because I went and did two star and three star and various other qualifications and joined the canoe club and went past this. There must have been summer in it. But it was so cold that day, back in scouts on the one star. Remember getting changed in the shed. Concrete garage, so cold that when you threw your socks against the wall, they're stuck in the slight frost formed by the condensation. Looking back now, it's what seemed like the world's biggest adventure was only 10 minutes from home. And that's okay, isn't it? It's more than fine to have big adventures only 10 minutes from home. Just like it's more than okay to have adventures further afield. We have to be relative about this and think about what really matters. Doesn't really matter, does it? That we're going to chase class five. I mean, there's been a huge uh, kayak race in Europe this weekend. Some of the world's best kayakers racing down the madness maelstrom of white water. There's been freestyle European championships again in Europe. And people watch the YouTube clips and see on social media how well these athletes are doing. And what's not shown on social media and very rarely is are those people that get in their kayaks or canoes for the first time. Those people that struggle to go in a straight line because they're spinning circles or that are so terrified of capsize that they weeble and they wallow until they do eventually capsize. And when they've capsized, they get to the bank and they'll be shaking in, in tears. It takes them a long time to get over that trauma. And the panic that sets in. And I think sometimes it's really important we connect with why we paddle and how we paddle and how we learn. And that's why I've got into this boat today. And that's why I've been out for a few hours just to connect with what first got me into kayaking. And that's a beautiful thing. It really is. And I hope you listeners find a way to connect with why you kayak or if you do other sports and hobbies, how you connect with those, whether it be climbing, you know, mountain biking or whatever that may be. Sometimes it's nice to remember why we do these things, not just where we are now, but where we've come from. And I thank you all for listening to my sort of external mind vomit. Got myself a little laugh track for that. And we'll have that laugh track again. Because I don't, you know, I just found these buttons, and that's alright. Yeah, mind vomit and a laughter track. But thank you for listening. If you've got comments, bang them in the bottom. You can comment on Podbean, you can comment on the social platforms, and you can send me messenger questions. I've had plenty of messenger questions 
over the, over the time. Recently, somebody asked me, and I'm going to mention it in the podcast. I wasn't going to do, but I'm going to mention about how to make your boat lighter because boats are pretty heavy, uh, and that included taking out various uh, fittings and features that manufacturers had spent lots of time developing. So, if people want to know more about that, I will definitely talk about that at some point. But yeah, find me some questions, find me some comments. Thank you for listening. If you want to buy me a coffee, you know the drill. But I'm not going to start talking about that now. And uh, catch you all very, very soon.